this goes for a lot of like, you know, traumas in history like this. It really takes that second, you know, generation removed to be able to go, wait a second, that's not right. Like, why does it have to be that way? You know, we are the ones to now really challenge the status quo. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I like to spread that out a little longer so you guys make sure you know the name of the podcast. My name is Yona Weiss. As always, your host. Today, I have a wonderful guest. Excited to talk with Whitney Elkins Hutton from PassiveInvesting.com, one of our favorite syndicators out there. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. This is going to be fun. Well, it, I'm sure it is, especially with that attitude. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> How can we go wrong? <laughs> exactly, right? Well, give us a little background, Whitney, if you would, for our listeners to some context of who is Whitney. Oh, well, definitely. Well, as you mentioned, I'm the director of investor education here at PassiveInvesting.com. One might think that I have like a big, you know, Rolodex of initials after my name and degrees in finance and real estate. I don't. I actually started off as an accidental landlord back in 2002 and bought a property with a significant other. Fast forward about a month later, a relationship fell off fell apart and here I had a house. And I know a lot of people have probably heard this story already, but you know, that was probably the not only my foray into real estate, but just, you know, just really gave me, you know, a good taste on what it means to you know provide value and as opposed to trading time for money. But fast forward, did a few more fix and flips on my own. That's how I exited from that first property. And I actually regret today that I sold it. But eventually started holding on to my properties that I was rehabbing and put tenants in them, created passive income. And then I had a baby girl and some I was taking care of two family members. And my mom was aging and needed a way to scale, not only with the number of units we were acquiring, but also scale my time. And so, you know, collectively at the same time, I entered into multifamily real estate as an active partner, as well as started investing passively in other people's deals. Really that whole cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki finally landed with me. It only took 15 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, takes time. You know, hey, you know, at least you learn the lesson, right? You know, that it's a failure if you never learn. But Long story short, you know, I've scaled personally a portfolio of over $700 million in partnership in real estate, 6,300 plus multifamily residential units, self-storage, hotels, car washes, as well as other passive investments. But in that, you know, what I'm super passionate about is educating people how passive investments, not just entering real estate as and learning how to earn, quote unquote, you know, passive income, but really creating passive income and also scaling your time mm -hmm. so you can achieve those five freedoms in life. That's what really where my passion lies and you know why I'm happy to be on the podcast today. That's awesome. And so as director of investor education, right? That's a pretty cool title. And it really does speak to, I think, and we've had Dan Hamford actually is one of the first guests on the Weiss Advice podcast. So if anyone wants to go back to the first 10 episodes, he may have been actually the first guest. I don't even remember if he was the first guest, but definitely in the first 10, you know, founding this company together with the partners and then growing and scaling it to where it is today. I mean, I remember in June, we were back at the conference and 
you know, it was just almost incredible to see the growth of not only how many assets, how many, you know, zeros are, are after that, but also the team members. I mean, it's grown to a team of over 60 people, I believe. And that's just a testament to what an incredible company that, that they've grown. Yeah, we have 1.3 billion assets under management, 3,300 multifamily units, 6,600 self-storage, 16 car washes. As of today, congrats. And That's we just awesome. On two more, 153 hotel keys. And, you know, honestly, it's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that we have a 70% repeat investor rate and we have over 2,000 investors that have done repeat investments with us. That's crazy. I mean, that's just a testament to... You know, not only the quality of the deals, but like, as you said, the quality of the team, because really it's the operator. It's what we do in service of, you know, for our investors that keep you know people happy and coming mm-hmm. back. We have over 40 dedicated employees. And then if you count our car wash property management side, like we're up over almost 200. So wow. that's crazy. And so as director of education, which is really the question that was formulating in my head before like I went down, I was just like, what does that mean? <laughs> what, yeah, what exactly do you do? But I think what I was trying to formulate in my head is that's just amazing that you've grown such a company that you have the need and foresight to have someone who is in charge of this extremely relevant and important part of the business. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. So, you know, really my background, you know, once I made that transition into general partnership, multifamily, you know, I was the director of investor relations and operations with a different private equity group. And, you know, you had an amazing gross experience there. When I decided to step down from that particular role, you know, I was super passionate about continuing to talk to people about real estate, you know, and I eventually came over here to passiveinvesting.com. But there was a need, you know, I think when people view direct investor relations, there's an education component. There is the services component. And then Mm -hmm. there's just like, you know, how do you walk that investor through the experience? And it takes a village to do this. There there isn't just one or two people that can actually, you know, take the investor end to end through the entire journey from being coming familiar with the company, all the different assets that they have to offer, different verticals they have to offer. And in our case, Mm -hmm. you know, we do multifamily self-storage hotel car washes and real estate debt. And that's a hard thing to cover in 20 minutes with most investors. But, you know, so there's really, you know, I think as groups grow, there is a need. I mean, there's a few other people like me out there. And so, but I think that really gives testament to, you know, how that company you know, who they work with, how they've grown. Sure. I mean, and the fact that you guys are tracking the data and understanding who you're not only who your investors are, but how often they are reinvesting and coming back. And you said a 70% reinvestment rate. I mean, that's just incredible. But also because you have so many offerings at any given time that it's just, you know, there's a lot in there. What do you think are some of the reasons as not only a passive and active investor yourself, but for people out there who are busy professionals, What's one of the reasons or biggest reasons they'll want to invest passively in general? Yeah, I think once you know somebody really understands that real estate is a good fit for their portfolio and what the power of you know investing with groups. You know, why do people invest in syndications or invest passively? They're wanting 
access to, you know, a market or a strategy that they themselves either can't do or won't do, right? Maybe they're a high net worth individual and they just don't have the time, or maybe they have do Airbnbs or something like that, or a single family investor. And they're just like, I can't learn about multifamily and self-storage. I don't want to, I don't have a passion for building that part of my real estate knowledge. So I'm going to go find the operator who has the knowledge and expertise. I think teams, investing in teams is very important as well, because it takes a lot to scale your own business. I mean, I was buying you know, my own, you know, apartment buildings at one point in time, but I had dreams of taking down that, you know, 350 unit apartment complex. It takes a village to do that. And when you invest passively, you as an investor automatically get to tap into that strength. You get to tap into the strength of the operator's, you know, ability to secure credit and lending. You get to tap into their strength of their Rolodex of realtors and brokers and all those relationships. They spent so much time and energy to develop. More importantly, you get to tap into their time, mm-hmm. right? For me, I passively invest in car lashes, Right. Okay. Like I'm not going to go out and like throw down $1.5 million to, you know, have my own, you know, car wash. And, you know, I don't have the interest in operating that. However, I do have, you know, I'm willing to take my money and get exposure to that asset and take advantage of somebody else's time, knowledge, and expertise sure. to grow that. And also it gives me diversification as well. So many, so many good reasons there. I mean, that's that itself. We could dig <laughs> out each on? one of those. Yeah, no, I mean, we could. <laughs> that's true. We could also go into really, you know, every one of those that you mentioned, because there's a lot that's in there. But I actually want to take it in a little bit of a different direction because, in passing, and when you were introducing yourself, you kind of said something about the five freedoms, right? I mean, you just kind of like said it in passing, like as if everyone, (laughs) everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Like I picked up on that. I was like, wait, I'm going to get back to that soon because I want you to explain what you mean by that. Yeah. So, and this concept isn't mine that I stumbled across this. So, you know, I think a lot of people, when they get into real estate, especially when they start scaling, they're probably in pursuit of some sort of like financial freedom, fire movement, you know, financial independence. But that for me is only one piece of the puzzle. Like, what does that give you? Right. There's freedom, you know, of choice, freedom of location, independence, freedom of time. Right. But even then, when I was in pursuit of this for myself, there was something that was missing. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, that's great. I've got the money coming in. I got my time. I can choose what I do. And really what I was after is freedom of impact. Like how many lives can I touch? How many lives can I change? And that really only comes whenever you have all those other freedoms available to you, that you've got the money coming in, you've got the time, you can move around and do what you need to do. And you can make that conscious choice that this is what you want to do with your life. That's the impact. I think a lot of people call it purpose. I know if I I go to my husband and say, hey, what's your purpose? He's going to be like, what? (laughs) But like, how do you want to impact the world, right? Like, that's a very different question because he Mm -hmm. can answer that. It doesn't take this whole huge introspection to be able to answer that. And I think really that's what passive real estate can give to people, to any investor is, you know, some sort of on that continuum of freedoms, you know, which ones are you after? That kind of leads into your why. But I think it's even... There's another layer on top of that. And, you know, I think I've talked a lot about goals lately with people. It's like, how do you want to feel when you achieve X? Like if you're going to be going after Mm -hmm. financial independence and you want $15,000 a month coming in, you know, like clockwork, great, you know, but 
the closer you get to $15,000, I bet you that person moves the goalposts. Right. Unless they know how they want to feel when they hit that. And that's where those other freedoms come in because it helps kind of help people orient around to that emotion so they can experience fulfillment. Yeah. And I think on that point, a lot of people are who are busy professionals and are aiming for that passive income goals and that kind of the time freedom that will bring to that. They may not be used to what that may bring, right? Meaning they're setting themselves up for something that along, you know, until they actually get there, they may not actually know what to do with the free time. And so part of like what you're saying is having that purpose and having that drive and knowing, you know, what you're living for, you know, what this is all about, not just how to get more money or how to have more time, but what to do with it. Right. And then it's a journey, right? It's like mm-hmm. peeling back the layers of an onion. You know, you have to start somewhere. And for most people, it's like, okay, I need more money coming in, or I need to have like some be able to step back like 10 or 15 hours a week from my job, or just have that security of knowing that, you know, if I should need to retire one day or tomorrow from my job, then I've got, you know, something else behind that that I can rely on. Yeah. And I think the passive income, right? The passive investing is a big component of that because if you're actively investing, for the most part, you're just creating for yourself another job. And not everyone has the time or the energy or the desire to take on another job. I know that's what's kept a lot of people from investing in real estate because they think that it's really just, you know, I don't want to deal with tenants and I don't want to deal with, you know, all of those things that they talk about. But passively investing, I mean, it is what it sounds like. There is such a thing. And that is by mm-hmm. investing in a syndication, leveraging, like you said earlier, groups who have the experience, who have the, you know, the shoulders, the credit to be able to do this. And not only that, have a track record that they've mm-hmm. done this before and are continuing to do this. I mean, to be able to have 70%, I'm just shocked by that number of like returning investors to new projects. That means that they're happy with what the returns have been. And with 2000 investors, I mean, that's a huge amount. We're talking about what 1400, like active, actively reinvesting investors in deals. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I want to kind of expound on one of those things that you brought up. I mean, there's, I think for a lot of people that they think that there's a journey they have to go through, right? I have to work my W-2 job or, you know, be self-employed. And then my first step, I have to buy a single family rental or a small multifamily before I can even entertain investing in somebody else's deal, that that's how I'm going to earn my street cred. That's actually not the case. Like if you have a higher and best use of your time and knowledge in your job, J-O-B or in your business, you know, there's no gold stars. There's no rewards. There's no certificate that you said, you know, nobody's telling you, hey, you know, you've passed this level, right? You know, I'm going to date myself like, you know, Mario Brothers or anything like that. Like you don't get a gold star to jump to the next (laughs) level. Like you can make that leap. But that comes from, you know, learning how to invest in somebody else's operating business. So it's really a relationship that you're forming with an operator. So you're looking for those operators that have the knowledge about the markets and the deals and, you know, have the networks in place. I think investors get, you know, the one one huge mistake that a lot of investors make when they first start investing passively is they get starry-eyed by numbers and returns. And right now, you know, we're recording this in October. Inflation's on everybody's minds. You know, is there a recession? Are we in the recession? Are we at the end of the recession? That's on everybody's minds. What's happening with interest rates? And they're so fixated on returns, they're forgetting to orient to what the actual situation is. Even now, more than ever, you have to invest with a team that you know, love, and trust to help you navigate that 
and I love how you kind of slipped in there, no love and trust there. Because <laughs> Dan always talks about no like and trust, you know, but it's more of the same because you're going to keep doing with the love. But you're absolutely right there. We're confused. People are confused. And really, I mean, there is concern. Like, you know, when you're in an inflation situation, when you're in a recession situation, there is concern, right? But having a team that has a track record, that has the wherewithal, you can still be successful in mm-hmm. investing. Figuring it out on your own, maybe not so much, but that's something that we all have to deal with. So as being an educator is really what you've kind of grown into in your in your role here. Did you ever see yourself as, a, I mean, in the previous jobs or anything like that before you got into the real estate and the investor relations thing as an educator in a way? You know, oddly enough, so my background is in public health. I come from the medical field. And so I was working mostly in infectious disease and in sexually transmitted diseases, actually. And there's a lot of education that goes into that. And then eventually I transitioned into bioterrorism after 2001. And I was educating the medical community on smallpox and anthrax and other biological and chemical agents. But they don't call it education. They call it facilitation and training. And so I feel like I've been groomed for this the whole entire time. You know, and I think this is a hard thing for investors, too. When they're making that, you know, do I get into real estate? How far do I scale? There's an identity piece. I didn't really embrace that identity piece for myself because I always thought I'm a public health professional, right? But really, you know, people being uneducated in finance, in personal finance and how to build wealth from themselves, I really now fully believe in my heart is a public health issue. How different would the world be? If there was just basic financial education and knowledge accessible for all, but even like those of you, you know, maybe you're listening to this, you're a little bit more, you know, stable in your income and earnings, you know, have a little bit more privilege. What impact you can create in the world if you were able to free up your time, knowledge and expertise to serve others. And I think that's a paradigm that not a lot of people even relate to because number one, weren't given the financial education to begin with. But I mean, in the end of the day, it's kind of what going back to what I was talking about before, like you may have that freedom or that financial freedom or that extra, you know, zero in your bank account or whatever that is. But what are you doing with it? Right? What are you doing with that time? And I think what you touched on there is being able to make an impact and being able to do something greater in the world to help other people. I think that's, to me, my opinion is that's the purpose of creation. Like, that's why we're here. We're here to to help each other, not just like everyone for themselves. And so when we're contributing to the society, to the environment, the more financial freedom you have, the less you have to rely on others to do for you, right? Including government, including, you know, all these organizations. So you can add value, you can give back. And so taking that role as a leader or someone who is making an impact, will you'll get there faster if you have more financial education. So yes, I totally agree with that. And so when investors are learning about this, surely they're sharing it with their friends and their family. I'm you know positive that you get leads or you get referrals all the time because like, hey, I just made X amount of money on this investment. You should do this too. A lot of people think mm-hmm. hmm, it's hard to believe or it's too good to be true, that famous true. thing. You know, I remember my father, you know, he should be well, is he always would come to me like, no, it's too good to be true. You can't invest in that. And then, you know, I keep telling him about different investments. He's like, no, it sounds too good to be true. (laughs) Until you show him the actual, you know, the K1s. He's like, okay, well, maybe now I can, I get it. Oh, I mean, it's through no fault of our own. And this was really kind of a stark learning that I had, you know, 
at least in our generation, hopefully, you know, we can be the generation of transitory change moving forward. But I'm still a product of, you know, the Great Depression. You know, my grandparents went through that trauma. They educated my mom and, you know, my dad in a certain paradigm. And they in turn, you know, educated me in a certain way. And, you know, for me, it's that being, you know, two generations removed. And I think this goes for a lot of like, you know, traumas in history like this. It really takes that second, you know, generation removed to be able to go, wait a second, that's not right. Like, why does it have to be that way? You know, we are the ones to now really challenge the status quo. And so I'm really excited about that. But it does take a certain level of (laughs) self-reflection to kind of get to that point and to be open. But yeah, I had the exact same experience. I mean, I went home and, you know, you know, so excited to tell my mom that I bought this, you know, piece of property and, you know, I'd made more of my day, you know, than I did in my day job and I wasn't paying any of my, you know, mortgage. The tenants were paying everything. And she was like, you're nuts. (laughs) Right. And that was just on one property. Now you you get multiple units like that under your belt, you know. Crazy. It's so cliche almost. (laughs) Right. Well, it's almost cliche because the society is kind of has trained us to think that something like that is, is like crazy and is like wild and you can't do anything like that. Whereas like to spend X amount of money on like a car or, you know, with credit card debt, that's totally fine. Like that's totally sound advice, right. To do that. And which is, mm-hmm. that's the real crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was told grow up, go to school, get a good job, yep. get married, buy a house, have kids. I didn't necessarily do all that in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, really, it's like you said, breaking through those paradigms, there's a different way to operate. And, you know, the quicker that I can help people open their eyes, and I'm not the only one doing this type of work, to what is possible, you know, with passive investing, with passive real estate. I mean, like I said, you know, there's just so much impact that we can, positive impact that we can create in the world. 100%. Yeah. And it's great to see it happening. It really is. Yeah, definitely. Well, Whitney, I want to transition now. We call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests. First question for you is, what is the worst job that you ever had? Ooh, so I wanted to say it was my first job working in a flower shop. That's when I realized that I was allergic to roses. Oh, boy. <laughs> but really, it was it was a double-edged sword. It was one of my favorite jobs, but also really bad. I had to get it when I was working in public health and getting my master's degree I had to go work with mosquitoes and we had to do landing biting ratios with mosquitoes. And so I was in New Orleans. We'd trouch out into the swamps at about three o'clock in the morning, had to be out there before sunrise. And then we would, you know, rock, paper, scissors to see who had to stand there wow. and let the mosquitoes land on him and bite them. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and we're trying to find the mosquitoes that have like the different encephalitis, like Western equine encephalitis, Eastern equine, St. Louis encephalitis. And so, yeah, somebody had to be the, you're fully clothed, right? You're not going to get bitten on the skin, but that just sucks. <laughs> Standing in swamp water and then have somebody having to measure that landing biting ratio. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that does sound like quite the job. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want to wish on my worst enemy type job, but I guess someone's got to do it when you're talking about research, you know, needs to be done. Okay. Well, second question will take you to what's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift. 
Yeah, there's so many that I can name here. Cashflow Quadrant being one of them. That's really the one where it like hit me in the head. Oh, that's how people make money. That's how people create a rich balance sheet. But I think mm-hmm. the one that created the biggest paradigm shift for me was The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. I'm constantly rereading that book at least once, if not twice a year. And every time I reread it, I pick up on something else on how to, you know, Set goals and prioritize, but, you know, in balance of everything, not just business goals or personal goals, but like, how do you hold this, hold these goals holistically with who you want to be as a person, who you want to be with your family? And it's so amazingly simple. It's a simple system. It is. No, and that's a great book. We've definitely had that mentioned before on the show, and we'll put that in the show notes for anyone who hasn't yet checked out the one thing, because it's truly a classic. So appreciate you bringing that up. And we'll go to the third question, which is what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? You know, honestly, I need to learn how to cook better. <laughs> so no my family, family wants to eat the food. You know, I have a background in nutrition. A lot of people are like, oh, great. You're a great cook. And I'm like, I'm a horrible cook. <laughs> Just know what to eat. But yes, that is something I need to develop. Like when I, I can hone in on a recipe and make it really great, but just like being a general cook and like being a master in the kitchen, I am not. <laughs> well, it's yeah, hopefully it's something that can be learned. I, I believe it is. So <laughs> it's a great thing. It's fun. It's funny. I actually really enjoy cooking, but not that I'm very good at it. Not that I do it very often, but when I like do it, I'm like very focused. I know what I'm doing. I have these recipes and stuff that I'll just make. But yeah, it's certainly something that needs to be honed, if, especially if you're constantly expected to you know, be cooking for others and for yourself, hu- and just making the, sure. That's the thing is my husband does all the cooking. He wants <laughs> kind of control of the menu because he knows if I got a control of it, it'd be a bunch of raw food. <laughs> so he's like, honey, I'll cook tonight. But yeah, it's enabled me to not develop that skill. I hear that. Well, it's a good one to have. So good luck with that. And we'll move to the... Fourth and final question, which is what does success mean to you? Yeah, you know, this is something that I've really, you know, kind of evolved over the years. You know, I could associate it with goals and attaining measure, but really where I've landed, you know, in the past couple of years is like, how do I want to feel when I hit a goal? And because that will help me understand when I'm fulfilled. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue to move the goalposts and not know when enough's enough. And I think it's really, for me, success is understanding what does it take for me to feel fulfilled? Wow. And have you, I mean, have you gotten to that to a certain extent? Meaning, do you understand? Well, it applies It applies to different areas of life, like to, you know, your health, your relationships, and, you know, your wealth, your horizontal income, your vertical income, right? Sure. It, it can it apply to all of those gardens or areas of life. And I think I will continue to nudge the goalposts further. You know, I'm a very driven person, but at some point in time, you know, I think I have to understand what the emotion is, right? For my health, like, is it a number on the scale or do I, it's how I feel in my body. Right. Because if it's going to be a number on the scale and as I age, you know, our bodies change, right. I'm going to be constantly disappointed, but if it's how I feel um, mm-hmm. from like a sleep and an energy standpoint, and that is attainable for me. Now sure. I know what to do. No, that's, that's a great just perspective. 
No, it is. And it's a great example because it really illustrates the point. So I'm glad you share that. That's an excellent definition of success, by the way. We get everyone has some different nuance to it. And this is kind of something I really haven't heard in that way before. So thank you for sharing that. And finally, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, social media, on PassiveInvesting.com's website. However, I do, if you go to PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com, it's a subpage on the Passive Investing website. There I have a free ebook, the Passive Investor Playbook, as well as a checklist. And you know, people can get access to my calendar directly if they would like to schedule time with me to talk about real estate. Awesome. Well, awesome. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. And guys, check out the show notes. I don't know if you know this, but every week we have the awesome team at Streamline Podcast that edits this and creates those amazing show notes. So check out the show notes because they are packed with summaries as well as resources that we talk about in the show. And yeah, until next time, it's been great. Thank you so much for joining us today and glad we can finally make this happen. I know we we had rescheduled a couple of times, but uh, I'm glad we were finally here. Yes, this has been fun. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you to our listeners for joining us all the way to the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.